Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Leyline Junction, a metaphysics podcast. Later this hour, you will hear us talking about the twos are um, our crossroads for whatever topic that's happening here, and that's scary. That's you turn left or you turn right. There's no straight ahead, and there's no standing, and you know standing still or you're going to get run over you've got to make you've got to decide which way you're going to go so yeah it's going to be it's always going to be scary when you make a, a decision all that and more coming up this hour welcome to the Leyline junction It occurs to me I'm I'm doing this recording from the desk that I do my work at. And so I've got all of, you know, just normally I have all of my concentration assisting and creativity assisting crystals here. And I never really before the first episode, I never thought to bring in the throat and speech crystals. So uh <laughs> I have my appetite. I have. <laughs> I'm bringing them all. I'm bringing them all. I also have a Chris, a Chris Okay. Hi, so Chris you were Cola. you were ahead of me, but yes, now I have my appetite. I, I have... also have this um, really beautiful. I got this in Cape Cod at in Provincetown in P Town. It's a blue alabaster made in Egypt votive holder. <gasps> and it's, it's lit it's lit it's beautiful like literally lit and it's the most yeah, there's beautiful a candle in it mm -hmm. blue color that is the most beautiful blue that's like the perfect yeah. blue color i think oh. it was the only blue one everything else was white and i'm like i have to have this it looks like the ocean oh. sorry jeff we'll get back on track <laughs> no. yeah no i'm just and then my kyanite oh kyanite's good Anyway, okay. Uh, okay. Hey, Teresa, hey. Joanne, welcome to the show. Hi, Thank Jeff. You. Today, I want to talk about the twos in our tarot deck. Um, the terrible twos. Yes. <laughs> terrible. Um, well, I don't know about terrible. I, I mean, I'm kind of skipping yeah. ahead here, but I think after doing the show on the aces, which they all seemed very positive, very optimistic. Mm -hmm. um, there's a little more for of a sense of foreboding in the twos, but uh, we're we're gonna get to that. I'm gonna let you decide how to uh, how to approach this. So, and there a couple of things that we're probably gonna get deeper into today uh, than we may have last time. I know I'm gonna be talking, I'm going to be asking you both a little more about 
flavor art or some of the background art on some of these cards. Um, Cause I think that it becomes a little more important with the twos, but we'll, we'll get into that shortly. Uh, so starting off with the two of wands, here's what I've got for my notes. My notes are telling me on the uh, Rider Waite and Smith deck, uh, we have a man standing on top of a castle tower behind a castle wall, looking out into the distance, holding a globe in his hand. Uh, for a textbook kind of interpretation of this, we're talking about somebody who is uh, has reached a certain point in their life and is looking for a new adventure and trying to decide if it's appropriate at this time to embark on this new adventure. Uh, so I'm going to take a sidetrack for a moment here. I know on last episode, we talked about reversed meanings. Uh, and I know that neither one of you put a lot of stock into the reversed meanings, that it's more how it relates to the other cards that are coming up. Um, but just for the benefit of those listening who are learning the cards for the first time, I'll, I'll just when going over the textbook definition, I'll just briefly mention those and then we can ignore it for the rest of the show, uh, the rest of the conversation. And again, I, I also want to say that there is value to the reversed meaning if it happens to go that way. Like if it happens to fall out of the deck and it turns upside down, if it all of this has meaning. So like or if somehow while you were shuffling, one or two cards happen to reverse because of the way that you were shuffling or the way that the person was shuffling. So I think there is still value to that and you should still check it if it does come up res reversed. And I don't know, I think you should read it both ways and see how it relates to the situation. Okay. No, that's, that's excellent. And to be totally honest, so everybody knows that I'm just learning the tarot here. Um, I never really thought about how cards dropping out of a deck would connect to the reading itself, um, something that comes outside of the spread. Uh, and we're certainly going to talk about spreads later this season. But yeah, if you could, if we could sneak in a little commentary about what happens when a card falls out, I might appreciate that. So I'll only <laughs> encourage it. It um, It is getting your attention. I mean, if a card falls out, that is a key card it that is someone trying to tell you something pay attention to this whatever it is that came out you really need to pay attention to that that it is, makes it more of an impact that yeah. that's the thing it's more of an impact when you're you know it falls out and it's upside down and you're like all right why did you jump out that's the impact you know someone's trying to get your attention upside down right side up either it doesn't matter yeah. if it falls out but it falls yeah. out upside down it's like Okay, we got to look at this. This this meant to happen for a reason. Okay. My so opinion. getting back to the two of wands, a reversed meaning is supposed to be encouraging you to kind of slow down. This new opportunity might not be the best direction for us. Just double check and make sure. So that's kind of what we've got for a textbook uh, definition. Now I'd like to ask you both about your interpretations of this card. To me, it's two meanings. It can mean two meanings. And again, it's what's around the card. 
sometimes it's just overcoming a challenge or, you know, finally seeing a big picture of something is more of an opportunity. Or it can mean stop. You're, the expectations you have are not what you should be having. It's, it's a, well, wait a second. You know, because the, the gentleman, you know, the staring off and the looking and just going, ooh, is that possible? So to me, it's it, it can mean either way. Again, it depends on what other cards are around it. For me, the legend, um, the Arthur, Arthurian legend tarot, it has a slightly different meaning. And that's kind of what I've got, like just run with all this time. So for me, even though twos in general are about choices or deciding between two things for the wands or in the tar- in the legend the Arthurian legend tarot it's the spears the two of spears means like executive brainstorming it's about the planning before the next step it's about you know ensuring that every you know all the pieces are in place before you begin your play it's about um maybe having a couple of contingency plans but it's less about choosing between two different things or two two different paths or two different businesses or two different job opportunities. It's less about that kind of thing and more about the planning process. And then also with the new Buffy deck that I just got, it's also about planning. Now, I'm going to pause you for a moment there. I know you talked about the Arthurian deck uh, last time. Can you remind us who did that deck? Oh, sure. Uh, it was Anna Marie Ferguson. Thank you. And who's who's responsible for the, and this is Buffy the Vampire Slayer we're talking yes. about, a show that all three of us have bonded over. Um, but who, who did that deck? So it was by two people. Um, the descriptions were written, the, the card descriptions in the book were written by Casey Gilley, and the cards were illustrated by Carl James Mountford. Thank you. So I I mentioned we were going to get into flavor art, and I had actually planned on doing that a little later in the Sorry. episode. But... It, it had relevance <laughs> in this moment, so it I did. had to speak to it. No, and, and since you bring it up, I, I do want to talk about this. So I did, I also wanted to mention, uh, you know, in the uh, Rider Waite and Smith deck, uh, the character in the two is holding this globe. So I kind of liked, Joanne, what you said about seeing the bigger mm-hmm. picture. I thought that was very appropriate, at least with the artwork here. But yeah. um, where my real question is, you know, when when it comes down to the uh, numerology, two tends to stand for duality, right? Usually this is a choice or a partnership, but just two sides of a situation coming up. And then, you know, originally uh, people who were using cards to tell fortunes, they just had the two of clubs, right? And so most of the meaning came there from the numerology. Uh, Then when we moved into the age of Rider Waite and Smith, which was the first deck to illustrate uh, the minor arcana, we started adapting uh, some of our readings to the art that was coming up. So when we have a card like the Two of Wands, and we've got a certain interpretation of that based on not the numerology, but the artwork in one deck, and then we shift to another deck like the Arthurian deck or the Buffy deck, where the same card may have a different meaning, 
how how do you kind of respond to that on kind of a theoretical level? Is that something we're comfortable with, we're not comfortable with, and whether yes or no, why? I think I'm I'm comfortable with it. There are so many cards in this deck. What seventy eight? I think it is within a deck, um, within a, a typical traditional tarot deck. And I think you can still get your story. You can still get your message that's needed with all of those cards together. And also, I think we talked about this last time, but just to reiterate as well, once you really get into tarot reading, you will probably pull from different decks within the same reading, um, whatever you're drawn to. Like as you get more comfortable and you get more skillful with the readings and more comfortable with your intuition with it, you'll pull from different decks that are, you know, that you have in front of you. So if it's, if, if it's not in the Buffy tech deck, it might be in the Arthurian legend deck, or it might be in the other deck that you've got over here. You, you know, like I said, it becomes, um, it becomes a collection. <laughs> it's, you don't stop. You don't stop with one or two decks. <laughs> and Joanne, so again, how how would you respond to reliance on the different art in different decks as part of the meaning? So I think it's a, it's important, but you also have to remember that the cards and the meaning are still the same. It it can differentiate sometimes depending on the type of card, but really it's all the same. So, you know, for example, the two of two of wands, which is, you know, the big picture and everything else and two of candles from the nightmare before Christmas deck, you know, it's, it's very similar though. The description is the same. It, it's more of a you know, opportunities are going to happen and you need to, you know, it, it just phrases it differently. So that's what I've seen with the cards I've used. And, and again, each deck's going to be different. It's what you feel comfortable with and what speaks to you. I think it, it, it depends. And a couple of quick follow-up questions. Um, Joanne, again, I know you talked about the Nightmare Before Christmas deck last episode. Yeah. Can you remind us who, who did that deck? So it was written by... Uh, Minerva Siegel, and then it was illustrated by Abigail Larson. Thank and you. And they're beautiful. What would you say to the traditionalist who says we were better off just using the two of clubs uh, and avoiding the issues of being influenced by the art? Then I think you can read the two of clubs. And the rest of us can read the deck that we resonate with. <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's all about yeah, it's all about what resonates with you. If a yeah. deck of playing cards is your is what you feel is appropriate, then go ahead and use that. Which we actually know we, someone who does. Yes, we do. We do. And and to be very honest, it's it's how I started with my great grandmother. And so I mean, that's fine, but also there's nothing wrong with picking up, you know, a deck that you're like, that's cool. And the artwork is beautiful because the artwork does speak to you. And sometimes cards are just pretty. It's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Cards are just pretty and they speak to you. And, and I think that's, you know, just what you need to respond back to. It's okay. That's cool. But you, yeah, you do you. 
yeah, I don't know the difference between I the do. ace of clubs and the ace of hearts. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's what you feel comfortable with. I, I will admit, I kind of want to find a deck that has, you know, I mean, you can't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable just using a poker deck because then <laughs> you're, you're missing the entire major arcana. Um, yeah. But wouldn't it might be cool for publishers out there if you're listening, uh, a deck that has the illustrated major arcana and the unillustrated minor arcana. Uh, just a little request here. <laughs> <laughs> I think broader, I don't know. I mean, it. this can devolve very quickly. I'm sorry, Jeff. But I think just to speak to your point, there are many different- Around the one card. There are many different, I know. There are many different ways to be guided, to find guidance, to ask for guidance. There, I mean, it could be as simple as the bird chirping at you, like from- you know, the branch outside your window and it's like, oh my God, it's mom, you know, like, or it, it there's, there are so many different ways. If, if you find the, the regular playing deck is your, is your jam, then that's your jam. Then that's what you should do. If you find free flowing, like automatic writing gets you the message, then that's your thing. Thank you. Okay, we have spent a lot of time on the Two of Wands. I would love to uh, go on to the Two of Cups right now. So looking at my notes on the Two of Cups, again, we've got the duality thing here, but in this case, we're talking more about a relationship. Uh, this seems to be a you know, based on the artwork of the Rider Waite and Smith deck, uh, this seems to be a relationship of give and take. And we're reminded by this card that opening ourselves up to new relationships is a choice. And this card may be encouraging us to kind of take a chance in that regard. With a reversed meaning, it might be suggesting that there is not as much of a give and take in the relationship that you're looking at. And you might want to carefully evaluate uh, how much you want to invest yourself in this relationship. Um, would you agree that this is kind of a relationship card? Uh, and how is it that you kind of, what's what's your personal take on this card? Um, so for me, the, the Two of Cups is absolutely the relationship card. This is this is the infatuation. This is the, the big romance card. This is this is a happy relationship card. Um, unless it's upside down, then it might not be. <laughs> but um, and actually at that point, then I have to like double check the book to see mm, what does that mean? Um, but for me, the and again with the deck that I ended up with, it was very romantic the the picture uh, uh in the Arthurian legend card was a was a very romantic card and i was always very excited to see that card pop up there it's clean calm waters it's the ocean they're on this viking ship um they're locked in a in a very romantic you know loving and supportive embrace um she just the way that she looks um, as she's being held by him, she just gives this like 
vibe of just feeling very safe in his arms. And then there's this golden light around them. So it's just, for me, it's such a positive card, the two of cups in this particular deck. Joanne, any thoughts? Um, no, I absolutely agree. I think it's unity, partnership. Um, it could also mean like, you know, just communication, you know, just, and then, yeah, of course, when it's upside down, it always meant imbalance for me. It always, yeah, it's always correlated to the imbalance, but yeah, mainly, you know, communication, unity, like unity, partnership, all that. My initial desire to talk about flavor art uh, on the show today kind of came from this card. A few of the sources I've looked at point out, I mean, I get when you're looking at the Arthurian deck uh, that is clearly a romantic relationship uh, between the two people depicted. Uh, on the Rider Waite and Smith deck, um, there's not necessarily anything between the two people that uh, suggests a romantic relationship, but uh, a lot of the sources I was looking at look to the the very the distant background, and like way at the bottom of the card is just a landscape, and in that landscape is a house. And so I I've I've read a couple pieces that talk about how this is clearly a domestic relationship. But as somebody who is coming to the cards very new, it it feels like such a minor detail and like a detail that needs to be there. It's, you know, so this kind of brought the question to me of when is a symbol important? Uh, you know, whether it's a large symbol, a small symbol, um, and when is it just background? depends on what you're feeling. I, I think intuition does play a lot, even in the artwork. I do want to speak a little bit to the Rider Waite um, picture here and what I don't like about it. <laughs> because um, what I see when I look at this card, and also, let's also remember how long ago this was drawn. And it's it's been a minute or two or more the woman or the girl is handing her cup to the youth but she's got both hands on it so it's almost like a reluctant relinquishment a relinquishment of her self to the man don't love that <laughs> to me and that to me that's a very patriarchal message and it's not very romantic to me and he is clearly reaching for her cup. Yes, yes. Joanne, you were going to add to that? It, well, now that I'm looking at this, um, very minor detail, but also very important detail. It is, you know, back then it was you, women were property. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, essentially, but not getting away from that, um, I, I, to me, it always means several things. It can mean a romance. It could be a partnership, but it also can mean family. So that little house in the back, if you have other cards around it, I always felt like family as well. Um, but I also think what's cool as well is that, you know, you have the two snakes that go through 
And it always reminded me of, of, you know, like a medical badge or something like that as well. So, I mean, it, it can mean several things, but depending on that, you know, that house in the back family togetherness, um, connecting with something and we can all connect with a home. Home is your ultimate connection. So that could be, you know, something that you can see or feel, or even, you know, depending on the cards around it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, we're, running so behind here. Uh, there's yeah. so much to talk about. Um, but I do want us to move on now. The Two of Swords depicts a blindfolded character holding two swords crossed in front of their chest. This is noted in several places as a card of indecision, um, a card of weighing two options carefully. Again, we've, we're, we're kind of seeing that theme here. But this card does seem to encourage you uh, as kind of the character is blindfolded. The card does seem to encourage you to be relying on your inner voice, your intuition. In terms of a reversed meaning, this might suggest that you are allowing other people's opinions to influence your decisions too much, uh, and that you should take the time to look inward. So personal interpretations on that card so reverse for me and i and it's going to be weird that i start with that every time i've had this card reverse yes it is difficult it, it really is you know you have to make a decision and when it's reverse it's always that you have to choose the lesser of the two evils either choice is going to suck but you have to make a choice and for me when it's reverse that's what it's always meant but overall, it's 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 you have a decision to make, whether you like it or not. It, it you need to make one. So yeah, every time I do see this card, it, it it's like, well, <laughs> you it's not the best card. It's not necessarily the worst either, but it is something. It's definitely when that comes, you have a decision decision to make, and it's either going to be between two decent decisions. Or it's going to be between two crappy decisions and you're going to have to make one. So I typically, when I get this card, I pull out more cards <laughs> because yeah. I don't like this. This is a, this is the magic eight ball saying, ask again later. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you got to answer now. Or at least give me a direction or at least potential in either way. The, for me, the Two of Swords is blind judgment, not having foresight um, into your decision, the choices that you have to make. And uh, I typically will pull out a few more cards to try to get a little more context into like, what what are we looking at here? You know, what what is the decision about? Is there a less sucky one? <laughs> you know, is there... Or at least what's the potential either way for, you know, what's what's the potential for this choice and what's the potential for that, you know, the other choice? And is there a third choice? I, I would really like to ask you um, a follow-up question to that. So the the textbook definition I was looking at took the, the blindfold as uh, blocking out external 
influences, suggestions, um, and listening to yourself. Uh, you just mentioned, though, that this might come from a place of blind action, of jumping into a situation without enough knowledge. Can you can you speak a little more to uh, where that might come from or how this comes up in a reading? Well, if the person is coming to you for a reading, they're trying to get some kind of guidance. And I'd like, if possible, to provide them with something. <laughs> we all know how it feels to, to feel like you're walking into a situation blind. And I also recognize that there are some things that we are not meant to know. You know, we we don't pull out the tarot deck to get lottery numbers. I don't know anyone who's won the lottery <laughs> pulling out their tarot deck and laying down cards. But if I can at all, if I if I if it's at all possible for me to give them some kind of comfort or give them some kind of guidance to the potential of a situation that they still have to make a decision on. It's still their free will and it's still their choice, but they can get a little more context around it. I'm going to try. But also if I pull out cards trying to get more clarity on it and it's not giving me a, a good picture or, you know, a continuous story of what's going on, that's the message. It's, you got to go into this blind and that's what's meant to be but trust that you're going to you're going to make the decision that you're supposed to make even if it leads to something that's not particularly comfortable or great for you but it is a an opportunity for growth i agree so fun thing looking at the nightmare before christmas so it's actually the two of needles so the needles correspond with the swords and just to describe it's Sally sewing the Christmas you know Jack's Santa suit and you just see that you just see that depression in her eyes you know and it is that do I continue to make the person I care about happy or do I tell him how wrong this is and you can see that struggle as she just goes ahead and you could see does she want to do something and it's just I don't know. I just find it a really interesting correlation to how the card is. So we're we're about to move on to the two of pentacles, which um, does talk about creating spoiler alert, creating a balance between um, decisions. But at this point, you know, I've I've really got to say, in looking at the the wands where. It was. It seemed to be a cautionary tale of going out into the world, um, and the two of cups talking about an imbalance in the relationship, uh, and the the swords where, you know, all of us were just talking about blind decisions and taking the lesser of two evils. Um, I've got to say the the aces that we talked about last last time seemed very optimistic, seemed very positive. There were new possibilities around every corner. Uh, and the the twos to me have felt, I've just felt this sense of foreboding. Would you agree to that? Is that a, an appropriate way to see these? Absolutely. They 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 have always been to me a very foreboding, you know, cards. It, it's just, yeah. Except for the cups. <laughs> I, I mean, 
yes, but again, it could be something it is about around choices. the cards. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, a, it is about that. choices. And I think that's the foreboding piece of it is that the twos are um, are crossroads for whatever topic that's happening here. And that's scary. That's you turn left or you turn right. There's no straight ahead and there's no standing and, you know, standing still or you're going to get run over. You've got to make, you've got to decide which way you're going to go. So yeah, it's going to be, it's always going to be scary when you make a, a decision to change something. I think that's what it comes from. Okay. So I'd like to go ahead and wrap up with the two of pentacles. Um, and for, again, my my textbook definitions here that I've got in my notes, um, this does talk about, it, it feels like this card comes at the other side of the decision. Uh, a decision has been made and we're trying to integrate that new path or that new choice or that new partner in with what it is we've already got. And a lot of my sources call this a balancing act. Uh, they look at the character who seems to be trying to balance these two heavy pentacles uh, and may or may not be standing on one foot at the time or be on a rocking ship. In terms of a reversed meaning, it could be lack of responsibility in the way you're approaching your decisions. Can the two of you speak to this card and what it kind of means to you. For me, it is about balance. It's about finding balance uh, to what I see at least. And again, this is depending on the deck. The Arthurian deck has been giving me a completely different meaning <laughs> all these years. I'll just read what it says, um, encountering difficulties that press for a reevaluation of plans, contending with fluctuating fortune, retaining a sense of humor when faced with mishaps, employing creative maneuvers to avoid trouble, troubled waters. Um, so for me, the two of pentacles, or in this case of the Arthurian deck, the two of shields shows encountering difficulties or conflict or obstacles um, on your path. Um, in the Buffy deck, I get a, a different meaning from the Arthurian. Um, on the Two of Pentacles card, she's uh, Buffy's working at the Meat Palace. And if you remember from the show, um, that was a really difficult time for her. She was pulling double duty, you know, working at this awful job, and then also slaying and taking care of people. And it was she was burning out like crazy. So to me, this is a more like, at least it's a more universal meaning to what most uh, two of pentacles means, which is you need to find the balance. You need to prioritize and focus your efforts on the most important thing while giving just enough attention to the other thing that you need to keep afloat. But it's it's definitely a balance card that you're and that you're overwhelmed right now. It, yeah, it can mean depending on the cards before and after it. It could mean the balance balancing of whatever's going on. So, you know, work and life, which is what 
90% of Americans or 99% of Americans can relate to is that work-life, that balance. And depending on what's before it or around it, it can mean, okay, bringing that balance back. Typically, though, what I've seen is somebody's already coming to me like off balance. And it's not, it is trying to help. Okay, how do we get back to that balance? And I do like the idea of, you know, you said it before when you were talking about the meeting, uh, the textbook meeting, you know, the, the little boat in the background, that whole, that rocking and it's off balance. And, and again, I, I think it's um, important to look at the whole card too, on top of knowing the textbook and knowing what's around it. So that gets us back to our flavor art there and use utilizing that. Very cool. Okay, so at, at the end of our shows, uh, we usually plan for this period where, on the assumption that we've talked about the Rider, Waite, and Smith deck throughout most of the episode, uh, we have this moment to talk about other decks, maybe our favorite decks, but I feel like uh, we've already been doing a lot of that. Were, were there any cards that you particularly wanted to pull out and uh, maybe give a little added description for? The two of presents for the Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a jack in a box, two jacks in the boxes. Popping out is a pumpkin head, and then the other one is a black cat head. And it's just that you never know what to expect card. So you don't know what's going to pop up. You don't know what's going to come up. And I've always, using this card and seeing this card, it has to be one of my not favorite, it's a favorite, I, I'm not going to lie to you, because it's just, it's a black cat. And then, you know, it's just a very interesting card, though. You don't know what's going to, it's such an obvious, you have no idea what's going to happen type card. So that's a, that's a card I've always enjoyed. Um, So I am, there's three cards that uh, really jump out at me. And it's, I'm going to first go with my oldest card, which is the Arthurian legend uh two of cups because it's the artwork on it is just so beautiful and the um and if you know the arthurian legend or you know some version of it there are so many versions what what is it that makes the artwork beautiful the colors i think i mean the there's so much there's so much blue okay <laughs> there's so much it just jumped out of my hand it's like stop talking about me um and, and... getting shy <laughs> what does that mean when the card jumps out at you? Uh, that particular one was like, stop talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're shy. Um, in the Buffy deck, um, the two cards that are standing out to me that I just, I'm I'm really getting a, just a lot of chatter from, like it just, it's drawing me in. I'm also remembering the show and how I felt watching the show and how this card relates to some of the themes and messages um, that I got from it. Um, but like the one is uh, the two of stakes, which would be the two of wands where she's prepping to get ready to go slay. Um, she's going out to uh, um, out hunting vampires. And so she's got her trunk and she's got all of her weapons and tools and she's got her backpack and she's got like three weapons in her hands and she's getting ready. And like, this Looks is like such, it's a great card. Um, she's she's prepping she's ready to go 
Um, and I think that's that does embody what the two of wands or the two of stakes in this particular deck means. And then the other one that just really um, speaks to me is the the two of swords or two of sides no. in this particular card or in, in this particular deck. And it's Ben. He's not blindfolded, but it does speak to the conflict and tension and duality between him and glory. And again, this is when, when a deck really speaks to you and it like, it has like, you understand the stories behind the pictures that it's displaying for you and you just can lock in with it. That is your deck. Like that's, that's what you should go with. And it's really, it's, it's going to add a lot more depth and complexity to your readings. For me, I'm I'm going to turn back to the Shadowscapes Tarot by Stephanie Puymon Law, mm -hmm. and I I kind of wanted to bring in a new deck, but I wanted to talk about this card particularly. Hi, quick footnote here. Yes, I do realize that uh, in the first episode, I did not actually share a card with you. During the recording of that episode, I did pull out a card from the Shadowscapes deck. Uh, this is a deck done by Stephanie Puymon Law. And I did talk about one of the aces, but it did end up on the cutting room floor. So I'm I'm looking at the two of wands, um, and you know I I spoke earlier about uh, the two of wands from the Rider Waite and Smith deck being person is looking down from the tower of a castle is safe behind uh, the castle walls and contemplating this adventure um, on the two of wands for the Shadowscapes deck. There is a character that is deciding between two wands, uh, but instead of being inside the castle, he's actually riding the back of a lion uh, with a single horn coming out of its forehead, so kind of a unicorn lion thing there. And the reason why I love this is, you know, with with the Rider Waite and Smith, we're sitting in the safety of the castle, looking out at a potential adventure. And I I worry that it becomes an issue of anxiety. And I know in, in a future episode, uh, maybe in later seasons, I definitely want to talk about the difference between anxiety and intuition. Because we know that you know, learning to listen to our intuition uh, can be a very empowering thing for us. But there's a difference between listening to our intuition and listening to our anxiety. Uh, listening to our anxiety, we're relinquishing power in a lot of those cases, and it's not a healthy thing to do. And I think a lot of us involved with this show, whether producing or listening, uh, you know, need need to work a lot on recognizing the distinction between anxiety and intuition. But I'm I'm kind of getting off track here. What I love about this card is, again, sitting on the back of that 
horned lion, uh, this character is definitely going through adventure. And I, I feel like he's choosing between two adventures rather than choosing between sitting safe behind a wall and going on the adventure. And that's that's not to say that staying at home is necessarily staying with safety. Staying at home can mm-hmm. certainly be an adventure in and of itself. But I just, I get more of the sense of adventure with this one uh, and just choosing which path to take. So kind of getting back to that crossroads theme. Greetings, travelers, and welcome once again to my little Arcanist's Corner here. Uh, Just a little segment of the show where I can kind of fill in any missing information and reflect upon the conversation we just had. The first thing that I do want to quickly get out of the way, we've mentioned on the show now a couple of times using just a standard poker deck uh, as a tool for doing tarot readings. And we never really got into what suits correspond to other suits between the two decks. Uh, And this happens to be something that I know. I think once we cover it, it should be fairly intuitive, uh, hopefully easy to remember. So I'm just going to go over that really quickly. Let's start off with uh, some of the easy ones. The red suits, I think, are easiest ones. When we're looking at the tarot deck, if we've got our suit of cups, we know that the cups are the suit that relates to emotion, to relationships. So it should be fairly natural for us to associate those with the hearts in a standard poker deck. So if you do draw the two of hearts, you know that that's got something to do with the relationship card that we talked about earlier today. And similarly, our pentacles from the tarot deck, we know is the suit that deals with financial issues. This should be a very natural association with our diamonds in a poker deck, The black suits, I understand, can be a little trickier for people. Uh, But if we think pretty simply about it, you know, looking at the the tarot deck, we have our suit of wands, or in many tarot decks, it's staves. If you think of clubs as a big wooden stick, right? It should be very naturally associated with our wands or staves. And for those who don't know what the clubs are, that's the little one that looks like a clover. We can think of it as a little leafy green that might be growing off of a tree branch or stick. And then our final suit, the swords. Many people do think that a spade looks kind of like a sword. It's got like a handle and a point at the top. Uh, the spades are have evolved from the concept of a sword. So that is our final association. So yes, you can use just a standard poker deck, hearts being cups, diamonds being pentacles, clubs being wands or staves, and 
spades being our swords. Anyhow, moving on to a little bit of reflection on the conversation we had today. I mentioned with the last episode that when I first decided to start with the minor arcana and obviously starting with the aces, I at the time I didn't really know what the aces represented, what the twos represented. Uh, and I mentioned that I was really enjoying the parallels between what I was doing in producing this podcast and what the, the aces were saying about beginning a journey. And I have to say, I, I continue to appreciate some of the parallels between the steps we're taking and what the cards are discussing in these early episodes. This is very much a continuing the journey kind of situation. And I think there's there are particular parallels when considering the name Leyline Junction. The twos do speak to the concept of a crossroads in this magical journey of ours. And I still love the concept of the time we spend together here as being like a crossroads. I'm on my journey, you may be on yours, and this is just a little hour that we can take to catch up and check in with one another. Though I, I will say, specifically with regard to where the name of this podcast came from, the name, the Leyline Junction, actually came from a much larger project, a project that this podcast was supposed to be a part of. I do, I'm going to take a step back here for just a moment. Uh, in our conversation today about the twos, we focused very much on binaries, right? On dualities, on yes or no, on this path or that path. And we did mention as as much as the twos point us in that direction, we want to remember that when we are evaluating these choices, we should not necessarily restrict our vision to seeing them as a binary. This larger project that I was just referring to, uh, and I'm not totally prepared to discuss it, uh, on the podcast right now. Hopefully that day will come. But let's just say that when evaluating whether or not I could do that project, the answer at this time was definitely no. But, you know, I did ask myself, were there maybe little pieces of that larger project that I could begin now? And the answer was, yes, there was this podcast. And so if you yourself are looking at a journey, if you're thinking about undertaking a project, and if it looks like certain things are standing in your way and preventing you from moving forward, really consider that the Two of Wands does ask us to evaluate, well, how can I progress on this project, on this journey? even if it's not a simple yes or no, is there a path in the middle? And so if you are considering your own journey, I wish you 
an endless field of possibilities in front of you, even if those possibilities don't necessarily look exactly like you anticipated. And until next time, I do wish you well on your own adventure, your own journey. And I will talk to you next time our paths cross. Until then. Leyline Junction is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Sternstein. My guests today were Joanne Beth and Teresa Brigado. We do have an Instagram account, Leyline Junction, no spaces, no underscores. Drop us a line. It, you know, it's it's kind of like chips you 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 need more or cookies you can't have one cookie you have to have several cookies <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> go get your cheaters go get your cheaters it's God, time geez. it's time i'm sorry it is nobody laugh. <laughs> oh minerva I... is it minerva yes, yes. That's what we oh my jesus <laughs> professor mcgonagall <laughs> come on I'm so sorry, Pamela Smith. Like, you should absolutely... Why is her name not on the box? That's dumb. Don't like it. Joanne, stop it. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I, just compo I just got composure. Stop it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Jeff, I did try to stop. So you had a good editing point. <laughs> Okay. Is it the cat? They're fighting and I'm trying not to get the sound on. I'm okay. trying not to get the sound. So I threw I was like looking for something to throw at them to knock it off. I threw a pen cap. Princess is like, is it a friend? And now she's cuddling with it. Yeah, it's her best friend now. All right. <laughs> Oh, it's fodder for the gag reel. <laughs> it's gonna be nothing but we have a gag reel. Sure, absolutely. We <laughs>